0: sarvasya cha aham sarvasya cha aham hridi samnirishtho tasmati jnanamahohanam cha tasmati jnanamahohanam cha vaiyaischa sarve rahamev vedyo vaiyaischa
1: I am seated in everyone's heart,
0: and from me come remembrance, knowledge, and forgetfulness. By all the Vedas I am to be known. Indeed, I am the compiler of Vedanta, and I am the knower of the Vedas. Shri Prabhupada's The Supreme God is situated as Parabha in everyone's heart, and it is from Him that all activities are initiated. The living entity forgets everything of his past life, but he has to act according to the direction of the Supreme Lord, who is witness to all his work. Therefore, he begins his work according to his past deeds. Required knowledge is supplied to him and remembrance is given to him, and he forgets also about his past life. (laughs) Thus, the Lord is not only all-pervading, he is also localized in every individual heart. He awards the different, fruitive results. He is worshipable not only as the impersonal Brahman, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and the localized Paramatma, but as the form of the incarnation of the Vedas as well. The Vedas give the right direction to people so that they can properly mold their lives and come back to Godhead, back to home. The Vedas offer knowledge of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna, And Krishna, in his incarnation as Vyasadeva, is the compiler of the Vedanta Sutra. The commentation on the Vedanta Sutra by Vyasadeva and Srimad Bhagavatam gives the real understanding of Vedanta Sutra. The Supreme Lord is so full that for the deliverance of the conditioned soul, he is the supplier and digester of foodstuff, which has just been said in the previous verse the witness of his activity and the giver of knowledge in the form of the Vedas, and as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna, the teacher of the Bhagavad-gita. He is worshipable by the conditioned soul. Thus, God is all good, God is all merciful. Antak The living entity forgets as soon as he quits his present body, but he begins his work again initiated by the Supreme Lord. Although he forgets, the Lord gives him the intelligence to renew his work where he ended his last life. <laughs> so, not only does a living entity enjoy or suffer in this world according to the dictation of the Supreme Love, situated locally in the heart, but he receives the opportunity to understand the Vedas from him. If one is serious about understanding the Vedic knowledge, then Krishna gives the required intelligence. Why does he present the Vedic knowledge for understanding? Because a living entity individually needs to understand. Krishna, Vedic literature confirms this. Yo, Sarvaya, Vedaya, In all Vedic literatures, beginning from the four Vedas, Vedanta Sutra, and the Upanishads, and the Puranas, the glories of the Supreme Lord are celebrated. By performance of Vedic rituals, discussion of the Vedic philosophy, and worship of the Lord, in devotional service, He is attained. Therefore, the purpose of the Vedas is to understand Krishna. The Vedas give us direction by which to understand Krishna and the process of realizing Him. The ultimate goal is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Vedanta Sutra confirms this in the following words Tattu One can attain perfection in three stages by understanding Vedic literature, chapter 15, text 15. As Prabhupada Alludes to in the purport, Krishna has just stated that he's situated. Previous to this verse, Krishna stated that he's situated in everyone's. Previous to this verse, he's situated in everyone's. And this verse, he says he's situated in the heart. He's situated in everyone's stomach. What's the verse? Can anyone remember? Aham vaisvadaropa buddha Praninam deham Deham I take shelter in everyone's body. Krishna says so humbly. Actually, he's giving shelter to everyone. But he says, I'm taking shelter in the stomach in the form of Vaishvanara. Pranapanasamayuktova I Because everything is a representation of Krishna. So the fire of digestion. That is also a representative of Krishna, fire of digestion. This concept is foreign to the foreigners. They don't, according to Western medical science, there's no fire in the stomach. You don't see a fire burning. There is a fire in the sense that there's acid in the stomach. Western medical science recognizes that there is an acid in the stomach and the effect of acid is burning, or in this case, digesting. So it's called the fire of digestion and Krishna is that fire. In the verse previous to this, see if you're good at reciting, if you know Bhagavad Gita backwards, sometimes they say people know something back to front.
1: You have to be very good to
0: know us the verse previous to that. There's this, uh, there's that big Mayavadi, the, the guru of the Marwaris or many, Ram Sugdasji Maharaj. So he trains his disciples. They can write, they can recite the verses of Gita. They recite the whole chapter, and then sometimes they'll tell them, do back to front. And they'll do also, of course, they misunderstand every single word of Gita, but they know it literally back to front. So anyway, the verse before that, I know because I'm looking at the book, so it's easy for me. So, Krishna also says, <laughs> That I also enter into every planet. So, Krishna is in every planet, holding it up. Prabhupada states, is another thing which goes against modern science. Prabhupada mm-hmm. states that actually the planets are not held in place by gravity. Not gravity. There's this theory of gravity that everything's moving and because it's moving it produces gravity. But Prabhupada, it means according to Shastra, Prabhupada explains that Actually the planets are held in space by air. There are winds in the universe which hold everything in place. And here in this chapter of Gita, Krishna explains that He enters into each planet and keeps it in its place. He is the factor, He is the controller of each planet and He keeps it in its place. Sometimes the scientists they predict that well you see there are so many planets circulating and different bits of planets which they call meteorites. And maybe they say maybe one day they say they, they predict
1: that in a, maybe
0: in about 5,000 years some planet or a bit of a planet, might come very close, maybe within a few million miles of the earth. Or it might even crash into the earth. You'll we'll all be sitting there eating your idlis or because in five thousand years we can there won't be any more idlis, there will all be pizzas. What about five thousand years? In five years there won't be any idlis left. Everyone in America will be eating them. And everyone in Chennai will be eating pizzas. (laughs) So anyway, you'll be sitting there eating your pizza and all of a sudden you'll be smashed into by another planet. So the scientists are predicting like that. It won't happen unless the Supreme Lord Himself desires so, Because He's within every planet. Just like Prabhupada gave the example that When you're you're flying, many times it happens when you're flying into an airport that the scheduled time, you don't arrive on the scheduled time because when you arrive in the area of the airport, you have to fly round and round and round. It happens in many airports. Just a few days ago, I was going into Bahrain and we had to fly round and round and round to wait because there are so many planes. So that you have to, avoid, they have to keep the plane at some distance because they're afraid if there are too many planes coming in at the same time, then they'll crash. So, Prabhupada gave the example: if you see around the light at night, there'll be thousands of flies. Or sometimes, if you go into a room, you'll hear and there's a big cloud of mosquitoes, and they're all flying around each other, but they never crash. How is that? They, you can't arrange the jets to do like that. You have to keep them. You have to keep the jet. No more than one or two jets at a time. But the mosquitoes, they're flying so close to each other. And they don't have uh, any flight path controller or any such thing. But they do. Because the Supreme Lord is situated in their heart and even they don't know how they're doing it. They never went to university and took a degree in all these things. They're just flying and buzzing. I
1: know that.
0: Buzzing comes from their flying, maybe. But uh, they don't crash. You never find a case of... You never read in the newspaper. You read in the newspaper, two planes crash. But you never hear two mosquitoes crash. You don't, you don't study in school. Or you don't find... When you're cleaning your house in the morning, that two mosquitoes have crashed into each other and died on the floor. You never find any such thing. The Supreme Lord is situated in everyone's heart. And from Him comes Smriti, jnana, Apohan. Remembrance, knowledge and forgetfulness. So Smriti and Jnana, they appear to be similar. Remembrance and Jnana. Smriti, that specifically means remembrance of one's constitutional position. In Jnana, that means, that can mean all kinds of knowledge. Just like for a mosquito, he has the knowledge how to fly with several other Hundreds or maybe more than a thousand of mosquitoes and not crash. Where is the knowledge coming from? That is coming from Krishna. How they do it, we don't know. Maybe someone at the university will study and try to work out how they do it. But actually, there's no need. The answer is that Krishna, He is in everyone's heart, even in the heart of the mosquito. And anyway, there's no need to find out. So many things they are studying, we don't need, not required. They are studying so many useless things. But the real subject of knowledge is to understand Krishna. That we can, if we understand Krishna, then we'll be, we'll be the perfect etymologist or biologist, zoologist, physicist, historian geographer, literature, will be the most expert in every field. And they say, well, how is that? That Krishna also answers in this chapter, at the end of this chapter. Must be penultimate shloka, one second to the end. Who knows that one? By knowing Krishna, you know everything. Who knows that verse? Yoma eva, Anyone can say, Asamudho janati purushottamam Krishna is describing in this chapter, this chapter is called the yoga of the Supreme Person, purushottam yoga. So Krishna says, anyone who knows me as purushottam, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he knows everything. In all respects, you may say, well, if you only know Bhagavad Gita, if you only know Krishna, then how do you know everything? You know everything because one knows the essence of everything. It is not necessary, it's not intrinsically necessary to study how the grass is growing. But we can simply accept that it is growing mayadhyakshena <laughs> prakriti suyate sa charam. Everything in this material world is going on under the direction of Krishna. How is it growing? Under Krishna's direction. How is it growing? Krishna knows. He's God. He needs to know. I don't need to know. It's his job. He makes the grass grow. I don't have to know. So we may study and think, well, we'll find out a better way to make the grass grow. We'll put some uh, fish genes inside it and make it grow better, but it won't be better. We may put fish gene inside the grass or whatever, inside the tomatoes, and the tomato will become bigger and redder and less flavor, less nutritional value, and who knows what will be the result of all of this. It may very well be that it will be, who knows? Now they're giving us genetically mutilated food. They call it genetically, what's the word they use? Genetically altered or whatever. They use, some, huh? Anyway, they use some term to make it sound as if it's good, but we always find that whatever they do in their attempt to improve on nature, ultimately it ends up with people getting cancer or some, maybe even some new disease they'll get, because this attempt, actually this attempt to improve on nature, it's actually demoniac. By Krishna's arrangement, everyone can, sorry for those who are studying these subjects, but it's another demoniac subject, this genetic engineering. They're trying to improve on nature, but actually they don't have faith in Krishna. That we don't need to do all these things. If we simply cooperate with Krishna, then Krishna will provide. We don't have faith in that. If we say if we live according to the way Krishna wants us to live, then Krishna will provide everything. We don't but we don't have faith in that, so we think that we have to adjust the crops and make new fertilizers so that everything will grow better. <coughs> We don't have faith in Krishna. We think the whole modern civilization is an expression of lack of faith in Krishna. That we have to build big factories, we have to have big colleges where people can study how to operate the factories. We have to have more and more engineering colleges so that thousands of people every year in Tamil Nadu alone come out of college as engineers even though there's no jobs for them and they end up driving rickshaws which they could have done without having a degree in the first place, having spent three or four lakhs minimum to get a degree. Then they have to drive an auto rickshaw for the next 15 years to pay it off. So
1: there's no need for all these things.
0: All these things are a, an expression of our lack of faith in Krishna. That we think we, we have to adjust the whole society to make it more productive. We can produce more things, we have factories making toys, unnecessary, we have food factories where we, we have poultry farms, where we have made a better system to torture the chickens all their lives and then kill them. Because we don't have faith that Krishna is the Supreme Lord, there is a law of karma and we'll suffer for all these things. We don't have faith. He we say, well, chicken is very nutritious, more protein, and you can get a big body, and then you can, then your big, strong body, and be more attractive to the ladies. So like this, now they have, now a very popular gyms. so you can go and get big muscles, and you have to eat lots of chicken to get, so you can get big muscles. But people, they have no faith, actually, that life is meant for simple living and understanding Krishna. Generally you will see, if we are studying Bhagavad Gita, why are you wasting your time? You could be working, you could be studying the latest scientific journals. So the people think they are very intelligent by doing this, not understanding that everything here is temporary. The whole modern civilization is based on the misunderstanding that life is meant for gratifying the senses. Not that. Understanding that human life is very rare. Now we have the opportunity to understand Krishna. Krishna is so nicely describing himself here in Bhagavad Gita. The basic principles that are to be understood. How he is within everyone's heart. We can get real knowledge from him, not from the university, really important knowledge. In the university, you get some knowledge whereby if you're fortunate enough, if you're less fortunate, you don't get a job. If you're more fortunate, you get a job working for someone you never know. You don't. You never meet them. They're, they're such a big shot that you never even see them. You don't even know what their name is. They're working in some big company. We had the good fortune to be able to work very hard for them. For long hours, people, they say, Vinu a jana, chapala Just to get working for someone who doesn't care for you and you don't care for him. You don't know them. They don't even know you. But you're working so they can get more money. They've already got billions of dollars, which they don't know what to do with. But you're working so they can get some more billions of dollars what for so you can get some money and what for so that when you're not working which means about 3 hours a week you're either not working Most of people are working going to work coming back from work or sleeping and eating and passing stool and that's their whole life and they get maybe 3 hours a week and in that time they have to uh, clean up their home a little bit and fill out their income tax forms and that's it and their whole life goes they get a good job Working for someone, so the knowledge doesn't mean to get this knowledge so you can get some money and you can get sense gratification. It means that you have a you have a big TV and an air conditioned apartment, which you don't have any time to spend in because you're busy at work all the time. So your wife can be there, and you're at work all the time. So your wife can call in someone else to enjoy with her because she doesn't see you. This is modern life. It's going on. So real knowledge means how to live very peacefully and understand what is the purpose of life. If we can understand Krishna, that is more important, millions, trillions, unlimitedly times more important than understanding how the grass is growing, how we can put some different genes in the grass and make it grow quicker and with more, uh, quicker and bigger Using less water because there's no water because we're so sinful. There's no rain. So how to grow more crops with less water? Why don't you chant Hare Krishna, you rascal? Then there'll be more water. But that you won't do. You'll you'll spend millions of dollars researching how to live with less water. Why you just chant Hare Krishna? Rain will come. Prabhupada told at Hyderabad farm. That's also a dry area. Hyderabad. All this mostly this south eastern side, especially. In the southwestern side there's so much so much rain. But in Kerala it's so many big rivers, but they the river comes and it just goes out to this Very short rivers. So uh, that's a dry area also. So the devotees asked, them, Well should we dig wells and have irrigation. But I said, no, you chant Hare Krishna, rain will come. I was recently in Hyderabad. We had beautiful Harinam, about 200 devotees. So, very ecstatic. But the next day they showed me some report came in the newspaper. I wasn't very happy with the report. Because it said that they advertised, we're doing Harinam for rain. I didn't do it for rain. I mean, I was was only staying there one day anyway, so it doesn't matter to me whether there's rain in Hyderabad or not. But not really like that. We should chant Hare Krishna, why? For rain? For Krishna's pleasure. And then automatically Krishna will send everything. You don't have to ask for rain. Krishna will send, if we live according to His directions. So that will automatically come. On a very low level of God consciousness, which is still better than the sub-God consciousness, or consciousness below that of God consciousness, then we, everything we do, our japa, puja, Dhyana, whatever it may be. We do that with some personal motive in mind. So now I'm, just like you'll find, very nice, very nice darshan at the inside of your mouth. Thank you
1: very much. Just
0: like you'll, you'll find, just like this book, Ekadashi Mahatma, which was compiled from Various statements and sh- various stories in Shastra that if you follow this akadashi, then you will get this putra akadashi. Then you will get a putra. Putra means son who delivers you from hell. Nowadays the sons, the way they behave, they'll drag you to hell. <laughs> so. And traditionally you have many sons, so if you know, if, if one doesn't save you from hell, some another, some another will. But now it's hamdo uh, hamare ik, or hamdo hamare do. Hamdo hamare do, I saw in the, in the train timetable, trains at a glance, they show the picture. Of what What is the meaning of hamdo hamare do? The meaning is, there's husband, wife, son and dog. This is the modern Indian family. So, putra means uh, who can save you from hell. So, you, how do I get onto that? So, you have a child. How do I get into this? What am I talking about? You have to achieve a putradhikarish. So, you will get a child, a son, specifically a son. And there's another one, moksha da akadashī. You follow that, and you're supposed to get moksha. And there are so many different things you can follow. So that is all right. The different akadashīs, they give different results, like following. If you follow very strictly. But devotees, they observe akadashī for what purpose? For satisfying Krishna. that's all. Not so that you, you can have a son or this or that or the other. So like that, you'll find also, in we have Gita Mahadmiyas given at the beginning of Bhagavad Gita. Vishnu Padamavad Nauti that is stated that by reciting Bhagavad Gita one can go to Krishna. There are other Gita Mahadmiyas which state in great detail that how by studying this you can if you are a Brahmana, you are understand the meaning of the Vedas. If you're a Kshatriya, you'll, you'll rule over the earth. If you're a Vaisha, you'll get lots of money. And if you're a Shudra, you won't be a Shudra the next time round, or something like that. So there are so many there are elaborate details of what you get by studying Bhagavad Gita. Materialistic incentives for reading the Bhagavad Gita. And even for each chapter of reading Bhagavad Gita, if you read the, this chapter, you'll get this material benefit. If you read that chapter, you'll get that material benefit, that's all stated in Padma Purana probably. But devotees, we don't even read this. In that Gita Mahatma, it stated that there is no value to read Bhagavad Gita unless you read this also. When we were first distributing that Bhagavad Gita, Jyotajota, as it is in Bengali, people were asking that where's the Gita Mahatma? It's not put in this book. Because they they know this, that it's stated in the Gita Mahabharata that unless you read this, you won't get any benefit from reading Bhagavad, in Bhagavad Gita. You, we don't find in our Acharyas, in, in any of the Vaishnava Acharyas, Bhagavad Gita's, we don't find this inclusion of this Gita Mahatma. The, the Prabhupada has included the short Gita Mahatma. That's for maybe eight, nine verses. He's given at the beginning of the talk about detail.